Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. The Edge is a shanty town filled with gold seekers. We are the fugitives, and the law is skinny with hunger for us. I hope we sounded sufficiently creepy <laughs> saying that. Mm-hmm. I thought it did pretty good. That was pretty good. That is a line from the joint book that we read. Now oh. is not the time to panic. By Kevin Wilson. Yeah. Uh, this is our joint book for December. Um, this is a little outside of our regular, I feel like our regular recommended reads. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to do something a little different. Yeah. Something other than a, a rom-com or a thriller, I guess. Um, so I, so that, that line comes from essentially a poster that these two teenagers, Zeke and Frankie, who is a female Frankie, um, and they were hanging out one summer and they were bored and they were like, let's do something profound and let's make art let's make art and frankie came up with the phrase and zeke um did the the drawing surrounding it and then they um christened it with their blood (laughs) not weird at all nope and then they made copies and posted them all around town and it created like a satanic panic, basically. Basically. Like, um, across the country. The Coalfield Panic of 1996, um, specifically. So they, yeah, they were just two kids and uh, somehow got obsessed with this idea. And I think Frankie a little bit more so, obviously. Yeah. Um, throughout the book, she's kind of, I mean, she, she kind of bases her life around this saying and this, this happening. And um, she's 16 at the time. And she never really stops putting up posters throughout her adult life as well in different cities that she visits, um, which is kind of interesting. And obviously this is fiction, but one thing that I thought was kind of neat was that it was a phrase that picked up so much that it started being, like these posters were recreated and were put up not just in cities across the United States, but also into Europe. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, just this weird snowball effect that I obviously these two kids didn't intend to happen. I mean, I think they wanted they wanted to create something profound. They wanted to create something that would affect people, but I, I don't think they wanted it to happen quite in the way that it did. Um, but also I wanted to mention that we we do start out in present day, and, you know, this, this thing that she did years ago, um, nobody knows that it was her uh, until she's, it's like 20 years later, and a reporter calls and is like, hey, I know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> Fess up. So that's kind of what's, what starts the whole story. And then we go back in time to learn what happened. 
Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely a coming of age story. If that's something that you're you're interested in, that is definitely what this is. Um, she is a pretty sheltered, like on purpose. I don't know how to say it. Like she's doing it to herself. She is um, a shy kid, kind of a little uncomfortable in her own skin. Zeke, I feel, is the same way, and they really bond over their life um, situations, which are very similar. Um, they both have dads who have left the family in a certain way. Um, and they're kind of just trying to cope with life and as a teenager, as a teenager, which if you are no longer a teenager (laughs) and you're an adult, um, you understand what that time period is like for most people. I mean, you're trying to figure out who you are and and it's sometimes scary and sometimes thrilling and a lot it, of new experiences. I felt for a lot of the book, I felt like really uncomfortable and I think it's because it was so evocative of those awkward teenage years and it really made you like go back in time and kind of <laughs> relive that awkwardness. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And I think because of that, because he was so good at putting me in their shoes, I almost, for a lot of the book, felt like, like okay, these kids are trying to create something profound out of nothing and it's just completely ridiculous and doesn't make any sense. And I felt the same way about his writing for a while in this book. I was like, he's trying to make something out of this stupid story and it's not anything and this is dumb. Um, but I don't know. The Once I got past like the 75% mark and we got more to her present day rather than kids being stupid kids, like it resonated more with me and I appreciated and liked the book a lot more. I agree with that. I kind of towards the middle, I was just kind of over the saying and the yeah. whole situation and um yeah, I, I think once we get the perspective of the adult who has lived through it and we understand a little bit more about her mindset and how she feels as an adult and then also how Zeke feels as an adult and what that looks like and how this this summer that they spent together really shaped their futures. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it more and it made more sense to me. Um, I don't know that it was a five star for me. Agreed. Um, but I thought it was worth reading and I felt I felt connected to it. For sure. I felt so many things, more than I wanted to feel. I was like, right. oh, oh. <laughs> um, but, and then I have to say, listening to the author's note after yeah. reading the book, then I had even more appreciation for it because of where the story came from in his life and in his mind. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, that's, that's cool. I I often feel that way. Like if I read a book for the Modern Mrs. Darcy book club and I'm like, ugh, that was lame. And then we do an author chat and then I hear the author talk about the book. I'm like, man, that book was so good. Oh my gosh. Like the author's perspective can really influence the way I feel about a book. Yeah, I get that. One other thing that I really loved in the book was the the triplet brothers yeah for sure (laughs) they're just like doofuses they're all doofuses 
And the fact that they were just like, hey, let's go to the school and just steal a Xerox machine and bring it home. And so, so I don't, this isn't really explained. We haven't explained this, but they stole a Xerox machine. This is like a year or so prior to this happening this summer. And um, they bring it back to their house. Like they broke into the school, like Jamie says. They steal the Xerox machine, they break it. Or think that they have broken it and just kind of like leave it in their garage and just like, huh, well, we're not going to do well, anything with it. Well, we've stolen it and now we can't do anything with it. So it's just going to sit in our garage. And I think that little story in and of itself just perfectly explained these triplet brothers and how ridiculous they are. And I feel like they also really helped shape Frankie. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that's why she was so sheltered and so because her brothers were so crazy that she just kind of, yeah, you know, was like a turtle in a shell. I also thought her, I really liked the character of her mother. Oh my gosh, her mother was so wonderful. I was like, oh, I love you. And she's not, she's, you know, she's not my mother. You know how sometimes yeah. you see things in, in different characters' mothers and you're like, oh, that's like my mother. Like, I didn't feel that she was anything like my mother. Um, which my mother is fantastic. Our mothers are somewhat similar or they have similarities yeah. to them that we've discussed. Um, but I just really liked her mom. <laughs> like, Yeah. She was just one of those super cool moms. Yeah. And I mean, you have to think about the situation that she's in. She's still a young mom, relatively. I mean, she's probably and a in single her, mom and a single mom with three crazy <laughs> teenage boys, triplets, no less. Um, a, a daughter who is kind of a loner, who she's concerned about. She's in this small town. She has, doesn't have a lot of money. She's trying to get by on her own. Her husband has left her and she doesn't have any support. She has no support. Um, her, this was funny. Um, and I thought kind of obviously really screwed up. Her dad leaves them for, um, the woman he's having an affair with. I don't remember if it's like his receptionist or something. His secretary. And uh, they have a daughter together, and they also name her Frances, which is Frankie's name. <laughs> that was such a funny little detail. Yeah. There's so many little things right. like that in the book that made it more enjoyable. Right. Um, and so I thought that was I, I thought that was kind of amusing because, I mean, who would do that? <laughs> but also there's people in the world who would do that. I know. That, like, well, it, was his, it, it was her grandmother's name. And so she was like, he named his new baby. <laughs> She's like, And I didn't know until I got the birth announcement. <laughs> In yeah. the mail, and it was like Francis, whatever their last name is, and she's like, "That's my name." <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. Um, it's also a really short book, so quick read if you're looking for something like that. It was an easy read. Um, but funny little fact: when we were trying to decide on what book to read for our joint book, we were like going through looking at different options. And I was like, what about now is not the time to panic by Kevin Wilson. And Marissa pulls it up. And I thought she said, it's 26 hours. And I had already seen that it was not very long. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And, And you were like, what what's the big deal and i was like it's 26 hours you're like it's only six hours (laughs) okay that makes more sense yes it was a very very quick read um but well worth it agreed i'm glad we read that one Mm -hmm. it broke up all of my christmas books that i've been reading back to back to back to back i needed like a palate cleanser yeah so that was perfect um 
You want to talk about the tea? Yes. Um, have you sufficiently had sips? <laughs> I've had sufficient sips, yes. <laughs> Thoughts? I like it. It's a little bit milder, I think, than an Earl Grey. Because um, tell me what it's called again. It's called Lady Grey a la cream tea. Yeah. Um, this is from the Spice and Tea Exchange in Galveston, Texas. Um, the flavor profile is a subtle taste subtle well yep taste of lavender lemon orange and creme infused with a traditional earl gray it's a perfect high tea addition it's nice it's got a good flavor and and i definitely brewed it long enough (laughs) um yeah i mean i think it's like it says it's subtle the flavor is not super sharp it doesn't punch you in the face for sure um i think it could be a little stronger Mm -hmm. um but i don't i don't dislike it no i like it but if i'm going for an earl gray like tea i'm gonna go for earl gray i'm not gonna go for this little knockoff i will say it is really pretty Mm. yeah it is It's it's got all these little lavender petals and these orange like dried orange skin pieces in it which sounds gross when I say it like that (laughs) but um yeah it just is it's a it's a pretty tea it is so pretty it's not just like all black Mm -mm. it's gray and blue and purple and it's lovely oh teddy doesn't like it (laughs) sorry teddy um do you have a frodenforda I guess I kind of do. I mean, did you see my new car out there? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a beaut. She's so pretty. Does she have a name? She does, actually. And it has nothing to do with um, now is not the time to panic because I named her before reading this, but I named her Frankie. Really? Yeah. That's so strange. I know. How perfect right? does that go with this episode? I know. Uh, completely unintentional, but that's what happened. Yeah, the at the dealership, the lady was like helping me set up my app and she was like, "Okay, your car needs a nickname." And I was like, "What? This is the most stressful part of this whole process. <laughs> I can't I can't just come up with a nickname on a whim." And then I was like, "Frankie." <laughs> and so Frankie it is. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this was kind of a quick episode. Yes, it was. Short episode for a short book. And, you know, we kind of figured, uh, not that we did this on purpose, but um, that this was kind of a nice, people are getting done with the holidays. We hope everyone had a really awesome Christmas and um, are relaxing and (laughs) um, in the chaos of everything. So it kind of is fitting. Yeah, I think it's nice to keep it short and sweet because everyone probably deserves a little break after the craziness of the holidays. But they still want to hear about really good books. And they just want to hear our voices, right? (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But for real, we will see you again in 2023. Wow. Hard to believe. Since yesterday was 2019. Correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Okay, well, until 2023... Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. 
Cheers. Cheers.